With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah.
kind of hinted about the outfield first, but uh, for one of the few times that this has happened in baseball, and the funny thing is I think the last time it happened, it was the the Twins that did it again with Rod Carew, but the Minnesota Twins have traded the defending batting champion in the American League, Luis Arias, to the Miami Marlins for Pablo Lopez and a couple prospects. Uh, Chandler, your thoughts on this deal? Uh, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll go into some other things that they've done, but your thoughts on this Arias for Lopez deal? It doesn't make sense. Um, Lewis Rice is one of your best players, one of the best players in baseball, for those that don't know. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, also a great def- also a really good defensive player. And you trade him for a guy who, honestly, is a number three starter. You don't trade a batting champion, one of the best players on your team, for a number three starter. Jorge Lopez has great stuff. Jorge Lopez throws too many pitches. Jorge Lopez never gets past the sixth inning, barely gets past the sixth inning. You say, well, nobody does. Yeah, but he's already thrown 80 pitches by the fifth inning. He's a number three starter max. That's his ceiling. He's not going to be a two, and he certainly is not an ace. Does he have ace-like stuff? Absolutely. Stuff is filthy. But he's a number three starter. There's a lot of guys who have great stuff, but they aren't top of the road. They're not front rotation guys. And I don't consider the number three starter a front of the rotation guy. I never have. To me, front rotation is your number one, your number two. Middle middle rotation is your is you know is your three, depending on how good your four and is. Four. And then <laughs> right. right, and then you know obviously the back rotation is your five, six, seven, twenty-five. Um, the trade didn't make sense to me. It really didn't. And then you turned around and traded for another outfielder. Okay? <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? And what are you doing? It's, I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, you got Kirilov, who's an outfielder, right? You got, uh, let me see here, Gordon, Larnack, Buxton, Taylor, Gordon, Kepler, Gallo. It's like 12 guys in the outfield. There's 12 guys in the outfield. Oh, by the way, your infielders now are Correa, Royce Lewis, Nick Gordon, who you're trying to make it to an outfielder because he can't – defensively he sucks. Polanco. It, it don't make sense what they're doing. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, Chris Paddock, who I've always liked, um, you just gave him, I think, a two- or three-year extension, and he can't stay healthy. You can't stay, that's what a Padre. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just, I just agree with you. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, I mean, his stuff, again, another guy. Electric stuff, right? Chris Paddock, electric stuff. Should be a top of rotation mm-hmm. guy. One, can't stay healthy, and two, hasn't learned to pitch yet. Actually, he's going to be in your bullpen. What the hell are you doing in Minnesota? What are they doing in Minnesota? I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. Because at this point, you got to trade Byron Buxton. You have to. Michael Taylor, okay, you got Gallo. I, I just ran through all the outfielders. Dude, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so so I'm going I'm, I'm to hit a couple of these things because um, 
I, I had a pretty in-depth conversation with this about this last night. I can I can see a little bit of it, but this to me though this trade doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Luis Luis Arias has elite bat to ball skills. He makes contact. He does not strike out, and he does not chase either. Like he does not chase bad pitches. If you watch him too, he's very entertaining. If he doesn't get a pitch he likes, he just kind of rolls his shoulders and shakes his head like uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> I'm waiting on the next one. Um, and and the thing is, like, career year, I doubt it. Like, this guy hit 316, uh, but with his bat-to-ball skills, I think he can do more. Now, he is probably the, – the funny thing is, is his best defensive position is probably first base. Uh, his matrix are really good over there. He's probably average at best at second base. You know, some people are worried about the guy not necessarily having a position. But, I get, listen, I don't care. To me – with all the other bats in that lineup, you put this guy at first base. <laughs> you have to. You put him in the leadoff spot. You leave him alone. Uh, but <clears throat> I, I just think two things. A, I think this is a sad thing to do. I kind of said this last night. You won a batting title for us. You've been around. And so as a reward for you, we're going to send you somewhere where seven people watch you play every day at home. Like, I, 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 that's sad to me. This is a very exciting player. And – you know, at least this year, you know, they're going to the more balanced schedule. So, uh, you, you know, we're not we're, – the days of uh, 18 division games are over. It's going to be like 13 or 14, so uh, – as opposed to 18. So that that's kind of dropping off. But I, I just look at this move and, I mean, I, everybody needs pitching, right? The Marlins, I guess, felt like they kind of had a surplus. Pablo Lopez, still young, 25, 26 years old. Uh, and you just said it. He does have filthy stuff. Maybe they think they can harness it, but the Twins have never really been able to, at least lately, have not really been able to cultivate or, uh, you know, develop pitching. And, or you know, maybe they see something mm-hmm. in him that they really like. Uh, maybe they think they can even help harness his changeup and make it more dynamic. Uh, you know, I, I think – I think that Michael Taylor is probably Michael Taylor is probably a Mike, you still there? Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, my, uh, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. My, my, uh, I accidentally picked up my kid's earbuds, uh, and he he knocked <laughs> on my door to ask me for for the earbuds. So like, yeah, kid needs his earbuds. So um, he's got them now. So I, I think that I think that maybe uh, you know they see something in this guy. Maybe they think they can develop him. I, I can understand everybody has a shortage of pitching, but I just don't think this is the guy you give up. Now my my point on Michael Taylor is. He is a fantastic gold glove center fielder, right? I think offensively, he was okay in Kansas City last year, but I still think on a winning team, Michael Taylor is probably a fourth outfielder, maybe a fifth outfielder. With Buxton, yep. Uh, with, with Buxton, he's still your starting center fielder if he's healthy, probably. I think Kepler is going to be traded. Um, I think that. The the thing with 
with Larnack and Alex Kirillov. Um, which one of them? I guess Jose Miranda is probably going to be the first baseman this year. There was talk about him playing third, but I think Jose Miranda is going to play first. Um, so you you look at that, and so none of these guys, Kirillov, Larnack, none of these guys have been able to put together a full season. We've seen them, seen no flashes, but now Kirillov has, you know, he's coming back off a, a second wrist surgery. Um, Larnack had like an oblique or something that kept him out a big chunk of the season. So, uh, you know, in one sense, I could see why you have all these guys because none of them have been able to stay healthy. I think that the idea with Taylor is if you do need to DH Buxton or if he does need to, you know, have a day off and be the designated hitter, you know, Buxton has never stayed healthy for a full season. He's had a ton of health issues last right. year. His knee was messed up, so they didn't really put him in center field. And so, if you get to a spot like, but you need if he can if he can hit, you need his bat in the lineup. I mean, he's he's probably your most dynamic offensive player on that team, or with the highest ceiling on that team. Uh, so you've got to have his bat in the lineup. So I can understand why you would go get Taylor to play center field when you don't have Boston out there, uh, because then you don't really have much of a drop off at all in center field. So I can understand that a little bit. I just, I don't like, I don't like this trade um, for Minnesota. I can understand why they may have done it, but I just don't like it. Now on the, on the Miami side, I will say this, you got to get creative if you're Miami because you do not have people uh, knocking the doors down to come over there. I think they traded Miguel Rojas to the Dodgers yep. a couple of weeks ago as well. Right. So I think that also opens the door for Chisholm to move over to shortstop. And this no. puts Arias he, in it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You can't put Chisholm in shortstop. Uh, he's not a shortstop. Um, well, he came up He's a second court. baseman. Yeah, but he's a second baseman. He, he's like Labor Torres. You don't want him in shortstop. All of his so errors Miami are throwing people, errors. All of them. The, right? The Miami people are saying, uh, what I'm reading is that they're going to try Chisholm at short and arise at second base. Oh, my God. Because, so, see, here's the other piece, uh, right? You got Gene Segura there, too. See, this is, neither one of these teams made good trades here. You have Arias, <laughs> Birdie, Chisholm, um, and Gene Segura. Oh, and Joey Wendell. Oh, and Xavier <laughs> Edwards. Right, so what the hell is what the hell are you doing? <laughs> now I will say this though, I, I will say this: Arias is probably out of all these guys that we just mentioned, with the exception of maybe Chisholm, uh, because Chisholm hits with, hits with more power. Arias probably has the highest ceiling of all these guys offensively. Yes, um, yes, he has to play somewhere. He's got to play absolutely, and so. You know, I, I think you, you probably put his bat somewhere towards the top of that lineup and and leave him alone. Um, and so I, for the for the Marlins, though, I, I can understand why you go get a guy with this high of a ceiling, with this kind of elite, you know, as we said, bat to ball, um, contact rate. Uh, like, this guy just doesn't swing and miss. 
and he doesn't chase, right? So right. I can understand why why you would go get him. I think that they honestly, I, that's probably about as much as you could uh, hope to get back in a trade for uh, for Pablo Lopez. Uh, so, oh, they won that trade. I mean, they they won that trade. No no question, they won that damn trade. It's just now you have too many. See, here's the thing, right? You've got seventeen. You already it. started, right? Yeah, you already started alienating Chisholm last year. Um, oh, and by the way, let me just say this. Don Mattingly should never be a manager in the major leagues ever again. Because if you look at the teams he had both with the Dodgers and with the Marlins and how poorly they underachieved and how the young players never developed, that's an indictment on him. But anyway, so you already started alienating Chisholm last year. Now you're talking about playing him out of position. <sighs> Listen, getting the Raiders, they won the trade, but in the grand scheme of things, hey, look, we got a brand new car. Yeah, but we just lost our house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I think we kind of exhausted this real quick. Uh, what I will hit on baseball before we move on is we got about 17 days before pitchers and catchers start reporting. We got about a month before – Major League Baseball stars. I love the fact, Chandler, that like me, you are a big fan of America's pastime. So I look forward to all the baseball conversations that we can have uh, throughout this coming season. Um, you know, the the other thing that I think <clears throat> is going to get some play, um, and, you know, as we start to get into March, at least this year, leading up to the regular season, we have the World Baseball Classic this year. So uh, that comes back. I think COVID kind of screwed it up a couple of years ago. So now we're off again because they did the first one in 06. They did another one in 09. And then we did, what, 13 and 17. They're supposed to have it in uh, 21. That got messed up. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's supposed to be every four years. Uh, but last I checked, uh, 17 to uh, 23 is not really four years. So uh, we'll see. The United States won the last one. Right after uh, first two were won by Japan, Dominican Republic won the third one. U.S. finally uh, broke through uh, in the last one, so it'll be uh, interesting to see how this shakes out. But I, it was kind of a novel concept when it first came out in '06. I really had a lot of fun uh, watching it. Chandler, did you check out any of the action from any of the first four World Baseball Classics at all? I have watched it. I don't like it. But I've watched it. And the reason I don't like it has nothing to do with the baseball. I love the baseball. I love seeing some of these players that, you know, if you're really into baseball, you've heard of. If you're just a casual fan, you haven't. Um, and it, it exposes them. It gives them, you know, gives some of these countries some exposure. And people say, oh, my God, they, these are, yeah, um, baseball is big around the world. The reason I don't like it is because so many guys get injured that wind up playing in it. Um, and there's no good time to have it. There really isn't. You say, okay, we'll do it before the season. Now you put more innings on pitchers' arms and da ba da ba da. Let's have it after the season. Dude, they just played 162 games, some of them 180. So <laughs> there's no good time to right. have it. So that's my only issue with it. But I love the, the World Baseball Classic. Um, I think it's great, especially with a lot of with the Japanese uh, teams, that you know, the, the Asian teams that come, the Korean teams, Japanese teams, Chinese teams, um, because it gets some of those guys a little more exposure and so now when a team signs one of these guys, you don't, I don't have to hear the, well, what did they show him? Dude, you just watched him play. 
<laughs> you just saw him play. And, and, so, um, and we had the Guriel in one of the first ones, Julieski and Lourdes Guriel from Cuba on one of the mm-hmm. first uh, yep. World Baseball Classic teams. So they, they got exposure too. So, yeah, I, I like it for that reason. When I, You mentioned injuries because of the Classic. And to me, the, the Classic case to that is David Wright. Right, so yep. David Wright com- comes hot. And listen, he was in the first round for the United States. He was smoking the baseball. They started calling this man Captain America. <laughs> and then before the before the classic is over, he goes down. He gets hurt. And let's be honest, after after David Wright got hurt at that World Baseball Classic, his career was never the same. This guy. No, it wasn't. We talked about a thir- we talked about a third baseman making the Hall of Fame last night. I'm not going to revisit that, but this guy was projected to far and away surpass what what Mr. Rowan did uh, if he had been able to stay healthy. And you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, if the World Baseball Classic is 100% to blame for his injuries in his career. But at the same time, I know it didn't. It didn't help. Right, and that's the only thing about it is, especially now with with how pitches are going down left and right, um, and these these major league teams refuse to go to six man rotations, which they need to do. If you are going to not, if you are going to to pitch guys five innings, you need to go to six man rotation. Because in reality, what you're doing is you're pitching them more, not less. It's less innings, but you're pitching them more games, which is the same thing as pitching them longer. <laughs> so, you know, um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But, you know what, you brought up rolling, and I do – it's two things I do want to bring up before we get off baseball. One of them is this. We all understand that nobody likes Trevor Bauer. We all understand that Trevor Bauer as a human being is the living embodiment, living embodiment of dog poop. Okay, he's like walking, talking dog poop as a human being. All right? Mike Clevenger of the Padres. Google him. See what's going on with him. I want to see the same energy for him that you gave the guy you didn't like. Because what, what he did is just as egregious. What is he's alleged to, yes, what he's alleged to have done, pretty damn egregious. So I want the same energy. Okay? I want the same energy. I want the guys in the, in the clubhouse doing the same things, leaking the same information like you did for Bauer. I want him banned for two years just like you did Bauer. Okay? And the other thing is Victor Martinez is on the Hall of Fame ballot. If Scott Rowland's in the Hall of Fame, Victor Martinez damn sure better get in. That's all. <laughs> Uh, Clevenger is a White Sox now, I think, actually. Uh, I think he... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, White Sox, yeah. Yes. But, yeah, to, to me, Victor Martinez, um, you know, middle-of-the-order guy, to your point, I mean, if you're... <laughs> listen, if you're going to pick up... Uh, if Scott Rowland's going to go in, then we got to talk about... we got to talk about Victor Martinez. we got to talk about Andrew Jones. There's so many other guys to... Uh, it should be part of this discussion. <clears throat> now, uh, Chandler, I'm not sure if you're going to be with us on Sunday or not. I, I, I do want to steer away from uh, predictions, but there were there are a couple of things that I was reading about today that, that caught me 
If you look at last year in the NFC and AFC title games, both of these games were decided by a field goal. You know, that has only happened one other time in the history of the NFL, mm-hmm. and which was 2012, right? And then I think I read something today that said eight out of the last eight out of the last 18 were only uh, it, were only that many were decided by less than a touchdown. So uh, it's <laughs> uh, these lines for these games this weekend. Uh, the Kansas City Cincinnati one has been all over the place <clears throat> because of the Mahomes injury. I think maybe he's not quite as hurt as bad as some might have feared with the way this line has kind of moved. Um, when Cincinnati was uh, a couple point favorite at one point, and now it's <laughs> leveled back off. It's been going both directions. That line's been going crazy uh, over the last couple of days. So when you look at this one and then the, the other one being two and a half, Vegas is off on one of them. I just don't know which one it is yet. It's the Chiefs game. Listen, stay if you bet, stay away from that Chiefs game. Stay away from it. <laughs> Stay away from it. It is too. Um, cause, yeah, it's going to get ugly because that game ain't going to be close. No matter who wins, that game is not going to be close. And there's just um, no telling who's going to win. There's too many unknowns. Right. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I think the Chiefs are going to win because I don't know if I'll be there Sunday. You know I like to sleep in because um, <laughs> I don't sleep at night. So, um but I don't think, regardless of who wins, I think it's going to be at least a 10-point game. I think it's going to be at least a 10-point game. But, um, yeah, it's it's crazy, those two games. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, I, it, it is kind of crazy, and, and I think you're probably right. I think one way or another, I think that's the game that the line is the furthest off on. Um, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I don't really feel – I don't really feel comfortable betting it now. <clears throat> there, you have sort of uh, teasers, you know, where you can kind of give points up to like six and a half points or whatever. I might have touched it when Cincinnati was like – when Kansas City was like a two-and-a-half-point dog a, a day or two ago. I might mm-hmm. have teased that at six-and-a-half and taken Kansas City plus nine at home. I might have been willing to do that. Uh, but – at the end of the day, like that, that's just, uh, listen, I think Vegas is going to make a lot of money off that game. I don't know how to yes. tell Paul. Yes. <laughs> I think Vegas is going to take the house on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless. So <clears throat> we kind of, uh, last night we talked a little bit of, uh, basketball, but it was mostly about, about one man. I do want to point out <clears throat> that even though he was uh, rusty last night, the Pelicans have gotten Brandon Ingram back. Uh, he played last night, looked rusty, got 13. Pelicans still lost, and they're in the middle of kind of a losing streak. But it's going to be interesting to see with Brandon Ingram getting back if, <clears throat> if they can get Zion back what this team looks like uh, moving forward because we know that the talent is there uh, if they can be healthy. Um, anything you've been watching or keeping your eye on uh, lately at all in the National Basketball Association, Taylor? 
uh, some, uh, people need to start giving Sacramento Kings some, some, some love. Start giving that team some love. And start giving Mike Brown some love. Man can coach. Man can coach. Um, that team is number four in the West. The fourth, I believe. Either third or fourth. In the, the Sacramento yeah, Kings. Yeah, and and I dare any any of these so called experts, I dare you to name their starting I dare you to name five players off the team. <laughs> name me five players on the team besides DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. You know what I'm saying? Well, now you just took, they away, can't do you it. just took away two of my five. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But that team, man, that team is good. Um they, I like that team. I like what uh, uh, is it Tyus Jones? No, it's not. Is it Tyus Jones? No, I'm thinking of Memphis. Um, Rashawn Holmes. That's one thing. Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, Holmes. You got Keegan Murray. Right. Yeah, yeah. You got Keegan Murray. That team is good, and they are going to surprise somebody in the playoffs. Now, I don't think. I think they only win one round in the playoffs, but they're going to give somebody the business in the second round. It's going to be seven games. And you know what? I like it because I remember when Sacramento was good, when they had Chris Webber and Jason Williams and, and Doug Christie. Man, listen, watching those games, you could feel the energy. Yeah, you. oh, my God, you could feel the energy from that crowd. Um, bloody divot. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. could feel the energy from that crowd, man. Um, Bobby Jackson look, coming up. I like game. what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I like what they're doing in Sacramento. Mike Brown better be in the Coach of the Year conversation. He better be because I don't think anybody's done a better job. I still have an issue with the Pelicans because I still believe that they're mishandling Zion Williamson. I still believe that. Now I'm gonna put now that he's been in the league a couple of years, I'm gonna put more of it on him. But at a certain point, much like the Sixers didn't do with Joel Embiid, and I'll get to him in a minute. You got to sit him down and say, listen, man, stop eating or eat better. You weigh too much. You say, oh, that's his build. Listen, look at him. He still doesn't have a lot of definition in his body. He still is pudgy. He still is flabby for a, for a professional athlete. Let's, let's be clear what I'm talking about now. I ain't talking about my flabby. My flabby dude, listen, I look like I just crawled out of a Krispy Kreme, okay? So we ain't talking about my flabby. <laughs> but for okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're talking about for a professional athlete, he looks out of shape. That's not a good thing for somebody with his amount of athleticism and, and just the, 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 the force he's putting on his body, which is why he keeps getting hurt. He's already missed, I think, 20 games this year, maybe more. I know it's at least 20. They, they got to do a better job of, saying, of, of forcing him, and I'm saying forcing him, to eat better, diet better, exercise more, cut out what you need to cut out. I'm not trying to hear you, but he's, I don't, I'm trying to hear that, man. I watched Oliver Miller eat himself out of this league. I watched Super John Williamson court literally sweating buckets because he was so out of shape and still get people 20 points. But the man that just got in shape, 
John Williamson, if those who don't know, Google him, Super John Williamson should be in the Hall of Fame. That's how much talent he had, but he ate himself out of the league. This is what I see happening in Zion. And I have a problem with that. What the hell is this team doing? Why are you not being more forceful? Listen, Zion, you ain't playing, bro. I know we're trying to win, but you ain't playing until you get in shape. I don't care. You need, you know what I'm saying? But, but those are the two biggest things for me. And, of course, obviously the, the fact that the Detroit Pistons are, an, are a dumpster fire with the amount of talent that they have and the Houston Rockets are a dumpster fire with the amount of talent they have. Listen, some things got to change. So I want to hit on a couple of things that you just said right there. Uh, Mike Brown can coach. Uh, listen, he was the coach with uh, Cleveland when they made the finals. One point, <clears throat> he coached well there. He landed that Lakers job, and to be quite honest with you, that being so late in Kobe's career, they didn't really have. They didn't really, he didn't really have the tools uh, that he needed to be successful there, and we know that uh, the lights are really bright in Los Angeles. Uh, a little bit better roster, maybe, uh, and the results could be could have been uh, definitely different there. But to your point about Sacramento, I 100% agree with you. To me, Sacramento, it, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like Oklahoma City, right? And it's kind of like uh, Portland to an extent. And it's kind of like uh, even Salt Lake to a a different extent. Now, I know, like, there's been some bad things that we've seen with with fans there. But my point is, it's the only game in town professional sports-wise. So everybody in that area is going to get behind that that one team. You don't have other sports. You're not splitting it with with baseball or football or anything else. This is it's a basketball city. So yeah, when that team is good, <clears throat> that you're going to feel a big sense of energy. And it's funny because uh, you know you think about it. This is the capital city in California. It ain't L.A. It ain't San Francisco. It's not, now I'm not saying that they're uh, as big or the same kind of market, but I am saying that. There's a lot of energy in that city, and if you can win there, that fan base will really get behind you and support you. Um, and so it's exciting to me to see. Like, I've been to several games in Oklahoma City. That fan base shows up. But listen, the whole reason why they even have a team in Oklahoma City was because of how well they supported uh the what was the Hornets at the time, now the Pelicans franchise, when they got displaced to there during that Katrina season. And then when Seattle didn't get the new arena and they already saw the, the kind of uh, commitment and, the, and the, the level of enthusiasm that a fan base brought, you know, that, that's why Oklahoma City had a team. That's the one good thing <clears throat> that came out of Katrina uh, for the city of Oklahoma City. Because the way that they were able to back that franchise when they gave them a temporary home there is why they have a team in the first place. So there there are certain cities that, that there's just going to be a different level of electricity in the air if you can win and be good. Because it's the only game in town. 
Um, and then to your point about Zion, I, I feel like that it's sort of a catch-22. You know, my coaches used to tell me during athletic seasons when I wrestled in high school and in college and even off-season, like half your plate should be green. You've heard the dietitian say that too. <clears throat> I feel like that's the case with Zion. Like, hey, listen, I know we serving up gumbo on Thursday nights, bro, and bringing some spice, but, like, if you're going to have a little bit of gumbo, you need to have some greens too, bro, like uh, some vegetables, some things that's going to help. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but I also think, <clears throat> why are you not more forceful with it? You know, I feel like in some ways there's this fear by that franchise that says if we don't at least try to be a little bit diplomatic about it, we might not be able to keep him because there's people saying, oh, he wants to be in New York, he wants to do this, and so we want to try to keep him here. But at the same time, if you don't do right by him and you don't make him get in shape, uh, and you don't uh, – it, it doesn't matter whether you can keep him or not because right. if he eats his way out of this league, then he, you might keep him, but he ain't going to be able to serve you very well, and then he ain't going to be able to help anybody. So, like, for right. for, for the sake of this man's career, I, maybe uh, – y- y'all need to manage – listen, the Pelicans franchise, <clears throat> need, y'all need to manage what, everything this man eats. Like, yeah, I don't – listen, the kind of money that, that, that he makes and the kind of money that that you um, will need to invest for a superstar of this guy's talent, just pay for him a personal chef slash cook. And you don't need anything unless this, this person puts it in front of you. That That's what you yep. have to do there. Yep. The, um, I remember when the Miami Heat, and, and I always think of Oliver Miller and Stanley Roberts. For those that don't know, Stanley Roberts was starting center at LSU when LSU, Shaq baby. was there. Shaq, right. Yeah. Shaq, Stanley was the starting center. Shaq was the power forward. That's how talented Stanley Roberts was. Stanley Roberts was a blimp when he got to the NBA. Okay? He was a blimp. And I ain't, I ain't going to be nice about it. Stanley Roberts ate his, ate his way out of a career. Oliver Miller, um, some of the best seasons he the had big in what happened was Pat was yeah, Pat Riley said, um, you're going to have a dietitian in your home. We're going to pay for it. If you show up here wearing one ounce over this weight, I'm going to cut you. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oliver Miller had a nice career because of that. He had a nice career. Very talented. Again, not a but he had, yeah, he had weight issues. But when he got to Miami, you got to see how, just how much talent the young man had because they kind of kept him in shape. Now, towards the end, he got bigger or whatever, but he, listen, he had a good career. All I'm saying is you don't have to make it public that you're dealing with Zion this way, okay? You pull him into the office, just him, the general manager, the coach, nobody else. You understand? So this way ain't nothing leaking. Well, of course, when you go back to his family, but. Let's uh, get the, the shit. Yeah, yeah. Right, and say, listen, bruh. This is how this is about to go down. I don't care if you don't like it, but you need to live past 60. Okay, we just had an NFL player die at 25. You need to live past 60. So this is how this is going to work. And you can be mad at me all you want, but when you're playing with your kids in your 50s, you'll thank me. 
and I'm okay with you being mad at me, but nobody wants to have anybody mad at them. And you're right. They're worried, oh, he might leave. Listen, if his family had his way, he would have already left. It's his family that wants him to leave, not him. If you really listen to Zion talk, this is a small-town kid, man. He, he, don't want, he don't want all the bells and whistles. He just wants to play, he just wants to play basketball and eat. You know what I'm saying? That's all he want to do. You know, Zion, he's not one of these Zion said going into the season that he would sign an extension right now if they put it in front of him. Yes, yes. But it's his family, unfortunately, that's really overly involved in this, and nobody talks about it because they're not loud like LeVar Ball, but his family is way too damn involved in this. And they're the reason that things are kind of – let's say, unsettled in, in New Orleans. Um, but I think if they pull him into the office and just talk to him and be honest with him, I think he would go along with it. I really do. Because I think he's a good kid. He, he, you know, he wants to be there. He just wants to play ball, man. You know, he's comfortable there. He doesn't have to deal with a lot of the crap he would have to deal with in New York or Brooklyn or L.A. You know, I think some guys are built for small-town America. You know what I'm saying? Like Giannis. Giannis is built for Milwaukee. I think Zion is built for New Orleans. I really do. Um, I can see him staying his whole career if they just manage it properly. But we'll see. The the thing that you just said, though, <clears throat> that I think carries even more weight than anything else is at some point we have to start thinking about quality of life. Because at the end of the day, I know these guys entertain us and they're uh, nice players and they do all these different sort of things. That's their job. And just like with you and me and anybody else listening, life is about more than just your job. So Zion needs to do this not only to stay in this league, but to your point, to live past 60, to be able to play with his kids, to one day have grandkids, and to be able to enjoy those and spoil his grandkids and hype them up on sugar and send them home. Like, he needs to be able to have the opportunity to do that uh, because that's what grandparents do, right? And and parents yell at them for it. But, um, I mean, that's, that's just life. Speaking of life, I got something that that I've got to just uh, that that I've got to go in on real quick. Um, there was an article in the my bad in the Atlanta Journal Constitution um, earlier in this week, and it was referencing there was a, a terrible accident. Uh, the night after the the national championship game, in which a football yeah, player yeah. from the University of Georgia lost his life. Now there were four people in that car, and I may be wrong, but there was two players and two like staff people, recruiting staff people, and I think two people lost their lives and two walked away from this. Maybe is what I'm saying. Yeah, two, I know there's two died. football players that. Yeah. Two died, two lived, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So, 
there was an article written that said these guys were coming back from a strip club. Okay. Now, there have been a lot of blowback and people saying, well, this is wrong. Maybe these staffers shouldn't be <clears throat> working there. This should reflect poorly on Kirby Smart. This should reflect poorly on the program. This is such a bad look. Blah, 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 blah. Miss me with all that. First of all, this is an insensitive article. You might be reporting what happened, <clears throat> but you were trying to do it in a bad way that actually, at the end of the day, when you spend spring football, summer, training camp, weeks in practice, games, traveling, you become, your teammates become like a family to you because you spend more time around them than you do your family, any of your roommates, whatever else. A lot of times you're living with somebody on the team anyway, right? So this becomes kind of a family, assuming that things are run right. Uh, This becomes kind of a family. And so these guys are hurting from this. They lost one of their brothers in arms, right? And – this article really felt like kicking them when they were down, kicking the entire Georgia football program when they were down. And I, there are some people that may disagree with me on this take, and that's fine. But what I'm going to say is the last time that I checked, you people can say, those of you that want to hide behind any morals you want or stand on whatever kind of moral high ground you feel necessary to stand on, you could say, well, they shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have gone. It, last time I checked, it's not illegal to go to a strip club. Now, it might have cost Mike Price's job back in the day as the head coach of Alabama. But it is not illegal for a 20-some-odd-year-old kid to go to a strip club. It's not illegal for these staffers to go with them. It's not illegal for them to go have a good time. As long as when they were there, <clears throat> they weren't doing some – Trevor Bauer type stuff or they weren't doing things that you know were not supposed to be done or they weren't getting thrown out or they weren't uh, you know being out of line and being overly you know disrespectful to people you know in the building or whatever else there's nothing illegal about what they did and, and nothing illegal when it comes to them deciding to visit that kind of establishment. Now, I'd be willing to bet you that a good many of the people that are judging them for this might have gone to one at some point in their life for a bachelor party or some kind of event, whatever. You may not frequent something like that. You don't know that they forever frequented anything like that. So I just think this was irresponsible reporting I think that it was unnecessary. I think that it's a shame sometimes what people will do to get a headline and make sure their name gets out there. And I thought it was tasteless. And so uh, that's my comment on that. Chandler, if you want to add anything, feel free to go ahead. 
Yeah, I, I didn't even click on the article. I saw, I saw what you were talking about. And a couple things. Um, people talking about the, the players become family. So do the staff members because they're around them all the time too. Now, they weren't in there underage because, trust me, strip clubs ain't letting you in when you're underage. I don't care what team you play for, okay, because they want to keep their liquor license. Okay, they ain't getting shut down because they make too much money. Yeah, I know you're famous. I know you're a big guy on, on the campus. You can't come in, bruh. So they were of age. That's the first thing. The second thing is there was no alcohol involved in the crash. They said, oh, it was excessive speed. Let me touch on that real quick. Um, tell me somebody you know that drives the speed limit, and I'll tell you that they're at least 70 years old, or they're like me, they have severe anxiety in moving vehicles, and they drive in like 30. If they don't fit in one of those two boxes, tell me somebody you know that drives the speed limit. I'll wait till next, till the next Saturday of never for you to come up with a name, because you won't. No one drives the speed limit. Everybody speeds, so don't miss me with the excessive speed nonsense, okay? They were probably driving about the same rate of traffic as everybody else was controlling the car. It was an accident. It happens. Two families lost their child. Two families lost their child. Would you rather they had went to the strip club and decided to drive themselves? Maybe somebody was under influence. But so the staff member said, no, nah, I got you. Well, I'll take you and I'll bring you back. No big deal. Right? Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what we tell them to do? Hey, if something happens, call us so that you don't make a bad decision. Take somebody with you that's going to be the adult so you don't make a poor choice. They did that. Accidents happen. It's sometimes it's nobody's fault. It doesn't have to be fault. Well, if they hadn't went to, you know, the same people say if they hadn't went to, or people who are looking at videos on their computer, and then they got to clear their browser history because they don't want nobody to know what they was looking at. Hmm. Funny how that works. It's Those awful. without sin cast the first stone. You know what I'm saying? It's awful. What's awful is that two families lost a child. I don't give a damn about the reputation of the University of Georgia. That is not what we need to talk about right now. That is not what those families need to hear about. Oh, by the way, both families, all of the families have taken the high road in this. Some lawyer jumped out there to, I'm representing the family and, the fam- and, and, and one of the fathers, um, I think it was the father of the, of the defensive tackle, I think he was the defensive tackle. Well, it was like, father said, hey, uh, we ain't getting a lawyer, we ain't talking about suing nobody. That's not what we're doing here. So if the family, families can take the high road, why can't anybody else? Why can't you adults? Talking about, well, you know, <laughs> the reputation. And rah, 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 rah. Yeah, okay. The hell with you. Two children were lost. How about we just respect that? And then we can talk about it when college football season starts next. And then if you want to talk about, hey, if we want to make some changes, that would then be appropriate. But it ain't appropriate now. And, and whoever wrote that article, shame on you. But you know what? Karma comes for everybody. It really does. So you're going to pay for that. 
You're going to pay for it. And you said it was Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I happen to know somebody who writes for them. I might reach out to him and, and, and see what kind of dirt I can get on that person. I can put out on the air. I ain't going to say his name because I ain't going to put, put him on blast like that. But, uh, yeah, we got you. No. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 929-477-2759. That phone number. We hear you round table gumbo for the next five. Uh, 10 minutes or so. 38 minutes. We, we, nope, 38. 38 minutes. Okay, you got us 90. Okay, cool. Uh, <clears throat> so we're here with you tonight. Uh, feel free to call in and join us if you feel like it. Uh, if not, <clears throat> remember, you can always check us out on sportscitychefs.com. We've always got blogs, websites, everything out there. You can also listen to us on your smart speakers. Just say, play Sports City Chefs. It'll give you the episode. we got many shows, so <clears throat> we're always out there um, to be serving up content for you guys in the sporting world. So, uh, yeah, I mean, irresponsible reporting. Leave Kirby alone. Like, just uh, allow these people to grieve and, and, and don't don't fan the flames. Take the high road like the families did. But I will say this to, to your last point. If the family is not um, raising the stink, then nobody else has the right to. Um, listen, uh, I, I read this and, you know, I try to, I try to hug my child good night every night before he goes to bed. Hey, good morning. Remind him how I feel about it because we just never pro- we never promise the next day, man. We just don't we don't know, right? So, uh, that being said, <clears throat> let's move on uh, to a few other things I got in mind. So today, in another move by this franchise that leaves me shaking my head. What are they doing? The Carolina Panthers have announced that their next head coach is going to be Frank Reich, their first Mm -hmm. quarterback, who delivered a – his greatest moment was the 31-3 comeback when he played for the Bills. Played in place of Jim Kelly that day. They came back from a 28-point deficit and beat the Houston Oilers at the time. Uh, and this is where, I mean, you know, listen, he was an understudy and carried a clipboard for Jim Kelly uh, for the majority of his career. He got a little bit of play. I think he took the first snap uh, for the Carolina Panthers in their expansion season uh, at the quarterback the first position. So through the first touchdown for them as well. Uh, I think that my, my two things are this. I'm not surprised that he got another job. Uh, I think that some of this is bad management in, in, in Indianapolis. I think he was kind of a fall guy for some of that. Uh, but what I will say is <clears throat> let's, let's look at this and say, um, First of all, congratulations to Frank Wright. That being said, he shouldn't have this job. Uh, he could be a really? head coach anywhere in the league. And no, I don't think he should have this job, and I'm going to tell you why. Hmm. I think that Steve Wilkes did as good a job as you could have expected him to do when you trade away McCaffrey. You trade away one of your other starting receivers. You tried to trade DJ Moore, too, but didn't find any takers. You trade away Robbie Anderson. You trade away McCaffrey. You had Sam Darnold, Darnold at quarterback for a lot of this season. 
Then you had the guy from the uh, XFL playing a little bit as well. They they just kind of uh, scraped it together. They <clears throat> tried to uh, give Baker Mayfield a little bit of run before they just cut him. Uh, I think Steve Wilkes did as good a job as you could have expected him to do this season. Uh, I believe that he was – I mean, they were one win away. Now, I'm not saying they were going to win that game, but they were one win away from making the playoffs. They didn't play well against Tampa in that one game they could have. They also played – spoiler, uh, you know, you, you mentioned last night that a couple bad calls in Seattle is what kept the Lions out of the playoffs. Against Seattle is what kept the Lions out of the playoffs. And that's true. <clears throat> but if the Lions had taken care of business against Carolina – they would have been there as well. Yeah. So they were able to even play spoiler uh, late in the season. And so my, my issue is, my issue is once again, you give a black man a chance as an interim coach. He does as much as anybody could have expected. I would say he, he surpassed anybody's expectations for what he could do in that interim position. And he doesn't get a crack at the head job. I I have no issue with Frank Reich being a head coach. I think he deserves another shot somewhere in this league. And I'm happy for him for getting this job. But I, I just think that this once again speaks to this good old boy network in the NFL. And once again, this is another chance. You had another opportunity, NFL uh, and the Panthers, to give – uh, a head coaching position uh, to a successful black man, and he get, and he got passed over for a guy that, uh, quite honestly, did underachieve. And I think is it, I think will be a good coach, but I I just don't like the optics of it. Okay, Chandler, your thoughts? I know you seem I really see what surprised you're by my take there. So, but your thoughts? Yeah, well, yeah, because. I don't see how anybody ever thought David Tepper would hire a black man as his head coach. I knew he wouldn't. So it just became, to me, it just became a matter of who he was going to hire, what white coach he was going to hire. David Tepper's never going to hire a black man as a head coach. Let me, let me disabuse any of you Carolina Panthers fans of that notion. He will never hire a black man as a head coach. Neither will Jerry Jones. Neither will a couple other owners in this league. That's who they are. Okay? That's who they are. So having said that, when I look at the available candidates, I think Frank Reich was a good choice. Now, I'm keeping in mind that all the black candidates are out the window if David, Pe- David Tepper ain't going to hire one. And ain't nobody going to say nothing about it except us. So when I look at who's available, I think Frank Reich is a good choice. When you talk about the fact that he is, listen, fr- from as an offensive coordinator, as a quarterback coach, as a head coach, he has made a lot of fair to midland quarterbacks look a hell of a lot better than they were. Um, dude, Philip Rivers was the ghost of Philip Rivers. He went to he went to um, the Colts for that one season, and he looked like Philip Rivers again. You know, Matt Ryan for about four games looked like Matt Ryan. Of course, he was washed, but, you know, that's a whole other conversation. Um, Carson Wentz had arguably his best season under Frank Reich. 
Look at the numbers. Now, the team didn't win because Carson Wentz invariably will throw an interception at the worst possible moment. But if you look at the numbers, Carson Wentz had his best season under Frank Reich. Andrew Luck had his most efficient and best season under Frank Reich. So when you look at it from that from that viewpoint and the fact that they have what which pick do they have? Number one, number two, right? Something that something that area? I think it's uh I Mike? think it's because uh, I think I I think it's three. three. Because I think uh okay. I think we so, have Chicago and Houston top two. Right, 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 right. So if they're three, that means they get one of CJ Stroud or um What's the kid from Alabama? I can't think of his name. Save my life right now. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Quarterback. Thank you. Thank you. Bryce Young. For those of y'all who don't know, I deal with traumatic brain injury, so I may just suddenly blank out, and I might start talking like it's 1985. Y'all just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Where am I? Who is this? <laughs> but, no, I'm serious about that. Um, what the hell was I? Oh, Bryce Young. You're right. So they have a choice of C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. They'll probably take C.J. Stroud. Because I think Houston's going to take Bryce Young. I wouldn't mind seeing Frank Reich have an opportunity to work with a young quarterback finally. Not the ghost of somebody, not a reclamation project, but an actual young quarterback. The defense is solid. Now, my question is, how much are they going to pay Steve Wilkes to to stay and run that defense? Because if I'm Frank Reich... My condition upon accepting his job is, listen, I don't give a damn what you got to give Steve Wilkes. You better keep him in this building, whatever it takes, because those players will play for him. But like I said, in a vacuum, knowing that David Tepper was never going to hire a black man, I like to hire a Frank Wright. That's why I was shocked. Not that you, know, we, you, not that you um, didn't think Steve Wilkes could get the job, but I think of the guys available, I think Frank Reich is the best hire because there was no way in hell Sean Payton was coming there. Let's be honest. And and I'm not a huge Sean Payton guy anyway. But of the guys that are available, they, I think Frank Reich was the best option they could get. Every time I hear Frank Reich, I think of uh, I think of the Tupac song. But I know he said Frank White, but I always think uh, every time I hear that, I <laughs> Frank Reich need to get Frank Reich for setting traps, little accident murderer. And I ain't never heard it. I, always, I can't help it. Every time I hear Frank Reich's name, I always go there, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just a juvenile part of me. I'm not sure. Um, but I, like I said, I see your point, and that's why that's why I said congratulations to him. Uh, because I do believe he deserves another head job. Um, I, I think that it was kind of, uh, you know, like you said, a bunch of reclam- a bunch of old guys, a bunch of has-beens at quarterback. So for him to possibly get a young guy that he could develop, I think that's nice. That being said, um, I hope Steve Wilkes gets a head job again somewhere. Um, I think that he is probably or will be better prepared than he was with his first gig in Arizona. And let's be honest. It's not like he had a great – he had Fitzgerald, right? But, I mean, this guy had uh, a, a long line of um, noodle-arm nobody quarterbacks and, and not really uh, – you know, it, it wasn't really set up for him to be successful in Arizona. So I hope Steve Wilkes gets another job somewhere. 
I'm glad you mentioned I'm glad you mentioned Sean Payton because that's that's where I want to go next real quick. Uh for a couple reasons. I keep hearing there's been you know, he did interview with Carolina. He's interviewed with Houston. He's not going to Houston. Um I heard <laughs> he's, Hell no. he's also inter- he's also talked about interviewing with Denver and Indianapolis. I keep hearing there's one other team that may get their ducks in a row to try to talk to him. I think if he would go there, I still think that the team that he really wants to coach for is the Chargers. Because I think he's got a uh, – there's a lot of talent on that roster. I think he believes that Justin Herbert could be a long-term answer to quarterback position in this league. I'm not as convinced or as bullish on Justin Herbert as a lot of people are. <clears throat> um, that being said, the longer this goes without him accepting a job, the longer I think uh, – or the less likely I think it is that he's actually going to coach in 2023. Um, and I think he's going to be back in the booth. Now, what I will say is this. Um, I think for the New Orleans Saints, the best thing for them would be for some team to really want Sean Payton uh, next year because he's still under contract in New Orleans, which means – New Orleans would have to get some compensation for Sean Payton. And that compensation would probably look like some draft capital, right? Uh, I don't know what they would get, but uh, when you don't have a first-round pick and you're in salary cap hell pretty much, uh, and you got you got to cut a lot of people to make some room for some things, the best thing that you can do for that franchise and to continue to help rebuild that franchise is get extra picks and draft capital wherever you can. Uh, that's why I would not be surprised if as that, as that league year starts to open, you don't see them maybe try to trade a couple guys that still have a lot of value just to try to give them some draft capital to try to start to rebuild this thing a little bit. I don't know. I I don't believe they have the right man at the helm to rebuild this whole thing. Um, But that being said, uh, you know, if this guy doesn't coach next year, he only has one more year under contract with New Orleans. So if he doesn't coach next year, then he comes back into the league and the Saints get nothing. Right, so uh, for the the who that nation, the most ideal scenario is that he finds a job uh, and somebody really wants him and is willing to give the Saints something uh, to get him. But you know, you're going to hear his name in a lot of different spots. I know you just said Chandler, you're not a Sean Payton guy. So, do you have any take at all on this? Yeah, I'm. I'm- I heard something today, and it's something I've believed for a long time. There's no difference between Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton, except Sean Payton has a way better PR firm, way better. Sean Payton had a Hall of Fame quarterback. He won one Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy had a Hall of Fame uh, quarterback. He won one Super Bowl. Underachieved a lot, both of them. Sean Payton has overplayed his hand. I don't believe he's going to get a job because he wants 
a level of control that nobody's going to give him. Bruh, you've won one Super Bowl. You're not Bill Belichick. It's not how this works. Well, I'm Sean Payton. And listen, we're going to give you basically control of the draft. You're going to be able to pick who you want as coach. You're going to pick who you want as quarterback. What else you want? Well, I'll, apparently in Denver, he doesn't want to take the Denver job because there's somebody in the ownership group that he doesn't like. So he wants that person removed from the ownership group. Now, if that ain't somebody that's smelling themselves, I don't know what is. Nah, bro. He ain't getting no job. And like I said, honestly, tell me the difference between him and Mike McCarthy. Other than all the bells and whistles, I'm about to. I'm about to. Because all I saw, I saw all I saw in New Orleans were teams that didn't win but one Super Bowl. That's all I saw. I heard all of this. Oh, he's the greatest offensive. Blah 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 blah. One Super Bowl. One. <clears throat> the the only difference between Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton is this. Mike McCarthy went to – he has won Super Bowl as well, right? Um, but he went to a franchise that had a winning culture already in place and had a franchise Where? quarterback. Uh, uh, well, when he went to Green Bay. That was a, that was a team that, has, that had been winning and that has won. What I, what I, all I'm saying is, is that Sean Payton took over a franchise that when he got there – and its entire history had one playoff win. I'm not – first of all, right. there is a – I agree with you. I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, the gap is not nearly as wide between uh, Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy as a lot of people would think, if it's there at all. If there's any distinct difference in any way at all, it's just the fact that Sean Payton went to a franchise that were perennial losers – had one playoff win in their entire history, and he made that franchise relevant for more than a decade. You're right, one Super Bowl, but perennial playoff contenders. Now, I will say this, though, and this is the one thing that people mm-hmm. tend to overlook. Mm-hmm. The first year that he was there, they lost to the Bears and Greg Grossman in the championship game. But then the Saints flirted with 8-7-9 <laughs> yeah, no. several, several years before they – they had a, a couple of down seasons. It was the 06 season that they went to the NFC Championship game. They won the Super Bowl in 09. Now, once they hit 09, 10, and 11, they were pretty good every year. Now, you had the suspension right. in 12 from the uh, Bounty Gate because – you know, they beat up everybody's media darling <clears throat> and Brett Favre, who um, almost like what you said earlier about uh, about some other people. Brett Favre is uh, is very, very, very yeah, he's low on the, on, the, on the totem pole of, of, of human beings. Um, that being exactly. said, uh, that being said, he did have some mediocre seasons in New Orleans too, right? But he took a perennial losing franchise and made them at least contenders year in and year out. And so I think that is why people will act like there's a a big difference and because you're right, a, a better PR team and people around them. 
And I also think, you know, coming off of that Parcells tree, whatever. But to me, but to me, I think you're right. I, I, I think that there's a, a very small gap. And this is the other thing that I will say. Uh, there has never been a coach in the NFL who has won a Super Bowl with one team and then been able to take a second job somewhere and go win it again. Now, you've had a guy get there, but not mm-hmm. win it again with that second team. Right. And right. Sean and, and, Payton is not, is not going to break that mold. No, he's not. And and that's the thing is, is and you're right, yeah, they, they were, you know, the, the ain'ts and all of that. I get all of that. Um, but I think he's overplayed his hand. Um, and I do think the Saints need to move on from Dennis Allen. Now, I would give Mickey Loomis way more credit than he's got, than he's been getting for helping, for building those teams, okay? But be that as it may, I think the Saints, I think the Saints need to just blow it up, man. They need a, they need a fresh start. They really do. Um, Dennis Allen is not that dude. Um, you already you've already committed to getting rid of Michael Thomas because he's already restructured his contract so he could walk out the door and and he left y'all some money to work with. For all the criticism of him, okay, he restructured his contract so that basically him leaving the cap is next to nothing. Next to nothing. He took pennies on the dollar to help their franchise. So somebody that needs to be acknowledged. But I think they need to blow it up. I really do. I think well, most of their great most of their really good players are on the wrong side of thirty or on the wrong side of their prime, let's put it that way. Um you got a good young receiver in Olave. What else you got? Really? So just you know what? Blow it up. Start over. Um Hopefully somebody does hire Peyton. I don't think they will. Even if they don't, okay, let Dennis Allen walk out the door. Go get you a D'Amico Ryans. Go get you a bit. Well, Ben Johnson already said no. There's some, go get you Eric Bieniemy. Hell, go get you a Byron Leftwich. Okay, and 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 start this thing over. Reboot. Okay, you've got enough for the fan base. You've got enough. Um. Um capital and you know built up with the fans that i think they would be okay with you rebooting this thing i think they're smart enough fans there to realize that listen bro we had bum ass archie manning okay and then we got the guy after archie manning who took the same squad and went to the playoffs and then we had the bobby a bears of the world after that and then we got Drew Brees. So, you know what, we good. We got a Super Bowl, we good. Um, but, yeah, I think Sean Payton has overplayed his hand. I really do. I don't think anyone's going to hire him because I think he wants too much power. So let him go back to the booth. But D'Amico Ryans better get a job. That's all I know. D'Amico Ryans better get a job. Now, it's not going to be in Houston with the Texans, which is where it should be because they're not going to hire a black man either. But if I'm New Orleans, I hired D'Amico Ryans, you know, and keep it pushing. I said from the beginning that I didn't think Dennis Allen was a guy. So Mickey Loomis has done a good job building these teams. Uh, What happened, and 
a lot of teams have done this. The Saints just got caught with their hand in the cookie jar because of the COVID season. Um, because what basically happened is they just kept kicking the can down the road because they had their franchise quarterback and they had to try to figure out a way to make these guys fit. And listen, they're relevant. You could have argued that they might have made the that they might should have made the Super Bowl the year the Rams went. Um, and so maybe they they could have had a chance to go back there, uh, but they were they were contenders most years. And then when they did lose in the playoffs, like when they lost to the Vikings, it was because they got beat up front. So they addressed the line again uh, in the off season. I think there are a few pieces that you keep that are young enough to still make differences. And I think you probably keep one or two veterans around uh, just to give you some leadership on that team, but. Dennis Allen was kept because they were trying to not change that culture very much. And they were trying to, uh, you know, the beat goes on. Pete Carmichael calling plays. Uh, Dennis Allen is a defensive coordinator, just moves over a chair. Uh, and they had two co-defensive coordinators under him. So I, I understand what they were doing. They gave it a fair shot. And I thought going into this year that they were going to be better than they were. And maybe if Jameis stayed healthy, they would have been. But yeah, like I said yeah, multiple times yeah. during this season, when it comes to prime time, the red rifle shoots blanks. And so uh, at the mm. end of the day, that's what uh, that's what hurt the Saints because this was this. There's still I, I will say this: there's still a lot of talent on this roster. You got Ryan Ramchick at right tackle, who's very good and still pretty young. You just drafted a young guy who's trying to grow into that left tackle position in Trevor Penny. You got a couple of. Um, uh, Caesar uh, Ruiz, uh, the kid from uh, Michigan. You got McCoy from Texas, who's just a couple years into the league. Uh, so you got a couple really good offensive linemen there. You got Olave. You got Cam Jordan. You got Lattimore. Uh, you have a lot of talent on this team. Uh, your boy, that's um, Luther Ellis's kid um, this year. His first name maybe Caden. I can't think of his first name off my head right now, but Ellis. Uh, good young linebacker, really did some good things for them this okay. season. Um, so there, there's there's still a, a lot of talent on this football team. Um, I just think that talent's one thing, but it's only one half of the equation. you got to have the right. Yeah. Well, coaching matters, man. Coaching matters a, a yeah. ton. And Dennis Allen failed in uh, with the Raiders. He failed in New Orleans. And once again, I, I just don't see – I don't know where your quarterback's going to come from um, unless you yeah. uh, find a way to make some trades to move up. I, mean, I, I don't know where that's going to come from. And to be quite honest with you, this is still uh, – you can look at it how you want to, but this is still a quarterback-driven league. With the – I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about it, J- Jalen Hurts had an MVP quality season, right? Uh, I'm not saying he's going to win it. Yeah, MVP quality season. Pat Mahomes is probably going to be the MVP. You had a fantastic uh, season this year from Joe Burrow, even though it took him a few weeks to get healthy. The only exception is the rookie Brock Purdy, who came in. But that roster is just super talented. That defense is really good. You, you know, we talked about Fred Warner last night. We talked about Nick Boza. Yeah. They've got uh, they've got talent on all levels of that defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they got a good offensive line and they have a ton of weapons, right? So that is the only exception to the rule. 
this year. But three of the four teams uh, in this league uh, that are left coming going into this weekend had quarterbacks that played at a very, very high level. What does that tell you? It's a quarterback driven league. Yeah. You can't have a red rifle. Yeah. You can't have a red rifle that shoots blanks or a guy with a broken back trying to play quarterback for you. And you definitely can't have uh, Taysom Hill doing it. So you got to figure out something at the at the quarterback position for this franchise. There is talent on this roster. I, I'm not sure that the answer is to completely blow it up, but you're going to have to um, at least trim a lot off. Because, uh, yeah. like I said, they kicked they kicked the can down the road on the salary cap on the salary cap for a while. They kept deferring money and doing all this, and then to be honest with you, after COVID, because revenue was down, which obviously it was going to be because you didn't have fans in the stands. So the next year, instead of the salary cap continuing to increase, which it does every year, and that's why you can defer these contracts because you're projecting that salary cap to continue to increase a little bit each year. Um, so when that salary cap did not, and it actually decreased on them, that really put them in a bad way, and they had to release a lot of guys. And so they were still able to salvage a, a good bit of talent on this roster. Um, so, I, you know, maybe the only way you can do it is blow it up to get a quarterback. But uh, well, to me, I, there's you know still what? some guys you got to keep around. Hey, I'm going to throw a name at you. And it's not that I'm overly impressed with this guy, but I think he would fit in with the community. I think he fits kind of what you guys might be trying to do, but you got to get a different coach. Baker Mayfield. Baker no. Mayfield. I don't want no, and he, no. no, I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> I, 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 no, listen, I don't. I don't like Baker Mayfield. I, I think he's a punk, right? But here's here's what I'm gonna tell you why. On the field, this dude is going to fight. He is going to give you his best effort. Now, his best effort might not always be enough, but he is going to give you everything that he has. That fits I think I'd rather have Jameis the area. starter pistol. The problem is James, they're not going to bring Jameis back. They're not going to give Jameis a chance. So Jameis is gone. And, and, here's the, and that's why I say with a different coach. You can't bring Baker in with the coach you have now. If you bring Baker in with a guy who actually has an offensive scheme, I think that as a stopgap, as a stopgap, I think he you could be successful because I'm looking at who's going to be available quarterback-wise. You don't want Tyrod Taylor, Bridgewater. Now, if the Dolphins get Brady and they let Tua go, I say take Tua. I think two. Of them that one I could get behind. I could get behind that. I, I, Playing in the dome. Keeping from concur- yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, that kind of a thing. Because um, I'm just trying to think of who's going to be available. And the only other guy I'm going to say, and I'm not big on him, but again, this is all contingent upon y'all changing your head coach. All right? If the Giants don't want to pay Daniel Jones. The sad part about this is, I think if they were going to change the coach, it would have already They'd been have done. done it already. So, so we're going to see Dennis out. <laughs> we're going to see Dennis out next year. So, to me, to me, the sad thing is, is I, I don't want to waste any of Cam Jordan's career. 
uh, Cam Jordan this year became the all-time sacks leader in the Saints franchise history, surpassing Ricky Jackson. Mm-hmm. Big ups to Cam Jordan. And he's done a lot of great things in the community as well. Cam Jordan came out of Cal. A lot of people kind of scratched their heads when the Saints made that pick. He has been a stalwart for that franchise yep. on and off the field. Love that guy. Um, I have since I drafted him. I was excited when they picked him up. Uh, love that guy. I would hate to see him ruin any of his career. But, I mean, listen, I think what's going to happen is they're going to trade and release people, whatever they got to do to get under that cap. They're probably going to come back with the red starter pistol and something else at the quarterback position. And uh, they're going to limp their way to a bad season, end up with a pretty high draft pick next year, and Dennis Allen will be fired uh, either before this year's out or uh, midway on through the season. Black Monday. Yeah, yeah. Either before yeah. the season's out, or he'll be, or he'll be one of the first coaches fired. You know, right after uh, Black Monday, as they yeah. call it, uh, and he'll be yeah. gone, and, and it'll be another year before we see the coaching franchise. So it's going to be a lost year in New Orleans. My only, my only. Uh, Saving grace is no matter how bad it is in New Orleans next year, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it is for me as a Lakers fan this year or next. Uh, but we'll see. Oh, good uh, God. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll see how, we'll That's, see how yeah, it is. <laughs> so, so here's a um, – we, we got about five – go ahead. Five minutes, yeah. Four minutes, yeah. Four minutes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, so my last my last thing that I, I want to throw out there real quick before we go uh, regarding football is uh, one of the things that we saw this year is uh, coordinators, is, uh, especially offensive coordinators, uh, were the fall guys uh, for a lot of these uh, for a lot of these franchises. Byron Leftwich is one of them. You just mentioned him, a guy that I respect tremendously. Um, so we had ten offensive coordinators fired. This year, uh, at the end of the season, I, that's almost that's almost a third of the league's offensive coordinator shown the door. Um, so you got to bring in, you know, that means ten teams are looking for new offensive coordinators. So my question for you, real quick, is: out of the 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 ten new hires that are going to come out as, as offensive coordinators before we're done, how many of those ten do you think are going to be? Uh, um, like rehires out of these ten that just got fired, how many of them are going to surface as offensive coordinators next year? Mm, one. One. Okay. Byron yeah, I think it's going to be. I think I think the number is going to be higher. I, I think you're. I think there's a possibility that as many as five of these guys that just got fired end up as an offensive coordinator somewhere else. And I think that if I, I hope for the sake of the National Football League and for the sake of good football, that your answer is more accurate than mine. And we don't just see all these guys ended up retreading somewhere else um, uh, as, as a result of this. So we got about, we got about three minutes left. Uh, Chandler, anything else you want to throw out there real quick before we uh, wrap this thing up? No, no. Um, thanks for being out here with me tonight. Uh, you know, enjoyed it. A lot of good stuff. Um, and just, you know, what baseball's coming. Baseball's coming. 
pitch is about to be summer because once pitches and catches report, it's summer as far as I'm concerned. And the Boston <laughs> Celtics actually lost the game to the Knicks that the Knicks tried to give away to them. But other than that, man, a lot of fun tonight. Thanks for being on with me, man, and I and, uh, had a lot of fun. Man, Chandler, it's always a pleasure and a privilege, man. I always, I'm, I'm starting to really look forward to Thursday nights where we can serve up the roundtable gumbo for everybody here in the kitchen, man. Uh, real quick, man, sportscitychefs.com. You guys check out the uh, website, check out the blogs, everything we got going on there. Finger Foods got a New York. A couple weeks ago, we had New York Giants fangirl on with us on the NFL Free For All. Uh, be on the lookout pretty soon as uh, the villain and, and her are going to do a season recap for the Giants. Um, talk about them. I think um, Sirius and his pops may do something with the Steelers before this is out as well. Listen, we got the Sunday show. Uh, that's the next time you're going to hear from us Sunday morning. Uh, Timeless and I with the Sunday morning brunch. I'm happy to be alongside with him. Tuesday nights, NFL free for all. Wednesday nights is the Callers Cookout. Um, also, uh, check out the barbershop on Clubhouse, man. Uh, the community continuing to grow there. So uh, jump in and be part of that live watch along during the uh, championship games this weekend for sure. Uh, we got a lot to continue to get to, lots of things going on in the sporting world. So uh, we will definitely be back on your airways. Don't forget, you can check us out on any of your smart speakers and and everywhere else. So uh, make sure to continue to follow us. And if you do enjoy our content, man, uh, please uh, like and subscribe. Listen to us. The numbers continue to help us, man. Many thanks to the head honcho of Timeless TP. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Chandler, much respect to you, my friend. And uh, definitely a pleasure always being alongside. Uh, also, respect to the other chefs that uh, we chop it up with on a regular, serious. Oh, then, man. Laissez les bons rouler, as we say in the South, man. And as the TP always says, man, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Thanks. We out here. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs> exactly. But they are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. R.I.P. Diddy Green, man. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.